Welcome to episode 59 of From the Shed End podcast with myself, T-Dot, as always. Theo, how you doing? Good, good, thanks. Looking forward to my holiday tomorrow. And for once, Chelsea didn't ruin my weekend since the international break, which has been nice. Um, and it was quite a comfortable watch for once, so enjoyed my Saturday afternoon. Um, definitely, you know, brightens up your weekend when Chelsea win, keep a clean sheet and score six, but I'm sure we'll... I'm jumping to that after this, but how have you been? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Obviously, busy, busy weekend as always. But yeah, you know, it's good to to get the three points in a in a very comfortable fashion as well. But um, yeah, for those who don't know, you can you can follow our social accounts if you can see them at the top there. So all our social accounts are there, and also. Um, if you're watching, which you can now do on Spotify, which is brilliant. If you're watching or listening on the Apple or Spotify podcast, you can also follow us um, on there as well. And make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. So let's get straight into it, Phil, because obviously um, brilliant performance on Saturday. Um, that I've called this episode the hairdryer treatment, which I think <laughs> some of the players probably got during the week. I think Tuchel sort of said that in his, um, his pre-Southampton um press conference that he got into the players he spoke to the players he made his his uh his views clear to the players as well after the 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 thumping um beforehand and obviously the 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 uh, Real Madrid game as well which uh was was a bit poor but give me your thoughts on Southampton well Chelsea seen the Southampton didn't score but give us your thoughts on the game brilliant performance from some key players I mean, you mentioned give me give me your thoughts on Southampton. I think it's fair we do because I think they were poor. They were really, really poor. It was a mix of us being very, very good from the off, from kickoff, really ruthless and clinical, and a mix of Southampton defending really poorly, creating defensive mistakes, giving the ball away. Ward Prowse, we know how good he's been this season, but he, you know, poor headed clearance. I think he ended up on with Werner and he scored. But focusing on Chelsea because that's what we're we're doing on this podcast and on this channel, we were brilliant. We were really, really ruthless. You wouldn't have thought it'd be that same side that lost to Brentford a week ago and the same side that got humbled by Real Madrid at Stamford Bridge on Wednesday night. It was a completely different Chelsea team. Whatever Tuchel did to them, whatever type of chocolate he was eating at midnight, because I know he mentioned that he he had the, the munchies later, late at night and went to eat some chocolate and rewatched the Real Madrid highlights. But um, whatever type of chocolate he was eating, it, it worked because that performance was ruthless. Players that have often that have gone through a bit of a rough patch recently, like the Mason Mounts, the Timo Werners, maybe even Alonso, I thought they were brilliant. All three of those players are listed. Um, got to bring the players off that we needed to, the likes of Thiago Silva rested for you know the trip to the Bernabeu tomorrow. Um Goals-wise, I thought they were brilliant. I think Mount's first goal, I don't think people realise how hard that technique is. His assist to Alonso for the opening goal was brilliant as well. So worth highlighting his individual performance. And Timo Werner as well, fantastic. The first goal he scored, um, Leipzig-esque. It was one of those goals you'd, you'd expect him to score back in the Bundesliga when he was at Leipzig. And oh, his overall performance was spot on. I mean, some of those goals when he hit the crossbar, I think you'd expect him to be burying that. But the other two times he hit the post, really, really unlucky. And, you know, fortunately for us, after it fell to the feet of a Kai Havertz, a Mason Mount or whichever player. So um, overall, a really good performance. Um, I really hope it gives us a bit of a confidence boost before to, um, before the trip tomorrow. And if you think of it, if we score two early goals against Real Madrid like we did at St. Mary's, of course, it's a different type of opposition, but it's game on after that. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, you hit the nail on the head with everything you just said, you know, in terms of um, the players that we needed to play. We needed to get a good performance out of them, especially Timo Werner. Um, I think he done well. You know, I think, yes, I, I was ready to, to crucify him for the two, especially the, I think the one that hit the crossbar. I yeah, think I you think did on WhatsApp. You sent me a message on WhatsApp, I think. I probably did. I probably, in fact, I did. I know I did. Um, but yeah, just in terms of how he played overall, not just the goals, not just, just his, again, it was almost like you just said, you know, um, the old Werner that we know that we wanted, we've wanted to see it at Chelsea as well. And, um, you know, I think this, is it the second goal? I mean, that was brilliant. The, the fact that he sort of, just like the dummy, he runs into the box, does the dummy, I think, and, um, oh no, it's off the, it's Kai Havertz. So it's the, the goal that he should have scored to make his hat trick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, brilliant. And, um, Southampton were poor. I think we have to be honest, you know, they, I expected a lot more from Southampton. Um, they are a bit of a mixed bag of, you don't know what to expect. Um, you know, you might get a really good Southampton on, on their day, but um, it just didn't work for them. I think the early goal, maybe uneven them a little bit, but I thought Werner played really well. I was impressed with Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah. again, you know, we have to sort of talk about him. Uh, I know I was critical of him in the last episode and, um, you know, said he's on borrowed time, which I still think that is a very true statement. But um, the, the fact that he's, again, showing that he's adaptable, he can play in a different role, think, you know, as a, a right wing back. Um, to play in that role really well as well, um, for me, was shows that he is adaptable and it does when he does things like that and the performances he puts in it does make you think you know do I need to eat my words that I said last week on last episode about is his time over you know um I wanted to get your thoughts on Ruben Loftus-Cheek as well um because you know we, we spoke about him quite depth in depth last week but how well was he how, how do you think he 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 seemed to fit that role as right wing back he was he, he really played um he played well on Saturday afternoon um he had almost played a part in the large majority of the goals. I can't remember if it was on this channel or another one I um, I was a guest on. Um, I mentioned that a big problem with Loftus-Cheek this season at Chelsea is the consistency of his game time. But if you look since the international break, he started against Brentford. I think he played the whole 90 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. He, um, he came on, I think he played a large chunk of the second half against Real Madrid and he played the 90 minutes at St. Mary's. So that's almost three or two and a half games in a row. And, you know, he just needs that game time. He needs to show that, you know, the manager what he can do. And I still think he's got something, you know, he's got a, a role at Chelsea beyond this season, particularly of next season of the World Cup. It'll be more congested fixtures. He's definitely a squad player we should keep hold of. And I always say this as well, when we talk about Loftus-Cheek, but he's always been played out of position, his preferred position. So play him in that favour, kind of number 10 role, which we saw in that Europa League season under Sarri, and he will thrive. I'm confident he will thrive. You know, he's got the physique to, you know, to play in numerous different positions. But if we play him in that, his preferred kind of, you know, behind the striker position, he will do really, really well. But um, I think his performance at St. Mary's um, definitely made Tuchel realise that he's, he's he's here to stay, I hope. Um, or at least um, got a point to prove why he should be starting games um, after the likes of Kovacic, Kante, Jorginho, those three players, who if in truth haven't been to their best recently, maybe Jorginho and Kante particularly, so there's definitely um, a lot of headaches now for Tuchel, especially with team selection uh, before tomorrow evening. Yeah, definitely. And I was, I was going to mention Kante because I feel like Kante, it's going to pay me to say this, but I feel like Kante hasn't been at his best for a while. And I, I put that down to a large number of games that he's played um, over, you know, you look at the last two seasons. Um, you know, I think he's played a, a, a massive chunk of those games, but 
just he doesn't and I'm not saying I'm not again I'm not trying to be crit- critical and say that he's awful or he's not I just think the, the the levels that we know Kante is and has been and can be and will be is expected to have a dip and you just you look at a player like him um, it's just yeah it's, it's, it's he just doesn't seem like he's been himself even on Saturday I don't think he had the best game I, I think you know I don't know is it just fatigue tiredness what, what, what's you, what do you think? I'm not too sure. It would not be surprising if Kante were forcing him to play for injury at times because that's what it's been like in the last couple of seasons. Um, one thing I did like is he did try to chip Forster, who's almost twice his height. Um, and that's something that you wouldn't really expect from Kante. You know, you, any other season, he would have maybe tried to through, um, you know, pass it back or cut it back or pass it to whoever's on his left or right. But he tried to chip Forster, which is quite impressive. So maybe there's a bit of frustration in there, think, knowing that he's not playing particularly well. He wants a goal to, to redeem himself. But um that being said about Kante, it will not be surprised me if he drops a 10 out of 10 performance tomorrow night. That's what he's got in his locker. He's one of those players that loves these big games and always gets those man of the match awards and thrives. So um, it's just we're being critical of Kante because we're just so used to Kante being, you know, super, one of the best. super exactly, mm-hmm. you know, covering all that ground. And maybe next season we'll have a Conor Gallagher alongside him who can do, you know, the same type of work that he he can put in. So um, really exciting. Yeah, and I, I, know, I know we're sort of over it's not it's not often we score six goals uh, if you, you you know we did we did want nine we we're going to be honest we wanted <laughs> nine goals but um Mason Mount I thought was brilliant again another player that's kind of come into a bit of criticism um across the fan base and I thought he was brilliant you know I thought he uh, you know two goals arguably for me possibly man of the match as well I, I thought he was brilliant you know I thought um it was almost again the Mesa Mat that we're we're used to seeing the, the the linking up the play, the making the space, um, you know, just the critical passes. I think that was what we expect from Mesa Mount. And I think sometimes, you know, players are gonna have those dipping forms, they're gonna have those moments where they're not playing at their best or, you know, they're coming back from an injury or they're playing through an injury. You know, all these things are, are factors that we as fans sometimes forget. But I thought he put in a brilliant performance. People said it was the haircut. I think <laughs> might have might have had something to do with it. Since he's had the um, the sort of the longer hair, he hasn't been playing his best. But yeah, I thought Mason Mount was brilliant. No, I'd agree. He was brilliant. His assists, his goals, his overall play, his passing, his creativity, brilliant performance. And hopefully that can help him build some momentum and confidence going into these really important fixtures we've got in. Um, in April and May, because we're going to need Mount at his best if we're going to stand a chance of winning any of those games. Yeah, let's just talk about the league because there were some. I was going to say some brilliant sort of results. Um, obviously, Tottenham one was was a was a big result for them. But you look at Arsenal, excuse me, Arsenal losing to to uh, to Brighton. Um, I know you mentioned I mentioned United to you at the weekend, but I still think you know United could potentially creep into that sort of. European places but for them to lose big game for Everton as well but um, you're still still confident that we can secure top four with the remaining fixtures I'm never really confident as a Chelsea fan it's just of course you're confident given our past and how much we've won but um, every season the, the competition and, and the level the quality around us gets better it does get better and I think I highlighted it in the previous episode we've got some very very tough fixtures left really really tough Sure, we beat Southampton 6-0, but they were poor. They were really, really poor. We've got Leicester next. Uh, Leicester in a few weeks. We've got West Ham. We've got Arsenal. Uh, Leeds away, which is not going to be an easy game. They know We know how much they hate us. Uh, I think it's United away. We haven't won there since 2013 in um, in the league. It's going to be a really, really tough um, 
remaining couple fixtures. It's, I always say this is the business end of the season, but it really is. And we can't afford any of those blips like we had against Brentford, if not yeah. the likes of Tottenham. And I'm, I'm sure Arsenal will start, hopefully for them, hopefully, I mean, hopefully for the, us, they, they they keep dropping points, but yeah. they they might get, get a couple points in. They've still got to play Tottenham. They've still got to play us. If they win both those games, it's game on for them. So um, I want to stay confident, but at the same time, I'm saying I'm, I'm confident because we've just beat Southampton 6-0. But should we lose our next Premier League fixture, which is against Arsenal? We're going to, it's going yeah. to be a completely other story. Completely other story. So um, all we've got to do now is just keep winning our games. And then as fans, that will help us remain confident. But a small side of me is still very, very nervous. Extremely nervous, actually. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm I'm more confident. I think... You know, you look at, I said it on last week's episode, uh, you know, we've only had, uh, obviously from the Brentford result, but before that, January, Man City. Um, and I always go back to those games in December where we drew, you know, those games that we drew that we potentially should have won. If you imagine we won those games now where we, we'd be, mm-hmm. you know, we, we would potentially be talking still about the title. We'd still be in the mix, you know, with Liverpool and Man City, but we're not, we, we are where we are. Um, the fixtures are difficult. I think you look at, a prime example, you know, Everton beat and Man United, you know, they're fighting for the life down there. That's not an easy game for us anymore, is it? No. no. And I mean, Goodison Park, so I feel kind of is a bit of a bogey ground for us anyway, a bogey team. I don't think we've had the best of luck um, at Goodison at times. Yes, we might have won some of those games, but it's, if you look at the results, I think, you know, it could have, it's by the skin of the teeth sometimes. Uh, I think West Ham's going to be a tough game. Obviously, we've got Arsenal, like you mentioned. Um, I've, for me personally, I think the next week or so is going to be crucial for our season. I think if we if we don't, which we're going to talk about soon, if we don't go through in the Champions League and we do get knocked out by Real Madrid, then I would expect us to go on on the weekend um, against Crystal Palace and do well in the FA Cup. But if we get knocked out of the FA Cup, we've got no excuse. You know, I think we have to seriously mm-hmm. exactly. focus on, on, on the Premier League now. That's our own ultimate, you know, objective for the rest of the season is to secure top four. And I think the next seven days or so, will tell us how serious the players Tuchel really want to take the rest of this season because if they if we do miss out on top four it changes everything for next season in my opinion mm. so um I'm, you know always on the, the the good side of the fence I suppose you know I'm always looking at the op, op, being optimistic I'm looking at Real Madrid I'm thinking you know um yes we've got a massive mountain to climb tomorrow but let's talk about Real Madrid because what's your thoughts initially? Um, I don't know if you got to hear Thomas um, Thomas Tuchel's press conference. Lukaku isn't travelling. Ross Barkley isn't travelling. Hudson Adoy expectedly isn't travelling. Um, Aspia Quetta has tested negative, which is good. So he's in the squad. Um, so Lukaku not being there isn't a massive issue to me. Um, I think he potentially may have had a role to play. But I want to hear your thoughts first. So, what what do you what do you think about the the squad that we potentially might start with tomorrow? I think Ross Barkley's not on the plane because he's still heartbroken about not getting a handshake <laughs> from Thiago Silva. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would it would dishearten anyone. I think. Yeah, no, but, no. Was... <laughs> I think I think on it, we 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 joke about Lukaku, but I think not having him in the matchday squad is a bit of a blow. He is that player that with his physical strength, could maybe impact these type of games. Mm. I don't. I would have expected him to start, but off the bench, he did have those chances against Real Madrid in the first leg. Imagine had he scored those on a good day, and that's what the quality he can bring. 
having Aspi, your club captain, is obviously a huge boost. I do expect him to start. Probably not as a right wing back because I think that would be Reese James, and he didn't feature from the from the off against Chris, uh, Southampton, so that probably indicates that he will start for the Bernabeu tomorrow night. Um, Christensen as well did it very well, I thought, against Southampton. Kept a clean sheet, defended well, so maybe he's in line to start. But um, I think it will be a back three of Aspi, uh, Rudiger, and um, and Silva with uh, Reese James right wing back. I think Alonso merits the start given his performance at St. Mary's. He did show what he's capable of doing when he plays well. And I think we'd often do play a lot better with a natural left wing back than when we play without one. Mm. Goalkeeper Mendy, I think Kovacic has got to start in midfield. He's got to start. Uh, we saw when he does start what he can bring and he did start against Southampton, that energy, that dynamism. Uh, who partners him? I still think it's got to be Kante, even though he's had a bit of a poor performances lately I think he's that type of player that really loves these big games and when he when he plays well he's the best the best in the in the in that position in a way mm. and front three is a tricky one I want to get your thoughts on this because I think so many players have shown recently that they deserve to start or maybe don't deserve to start mm. Werner's one I think who's hot in form I think he'll be pissed off if he doesn't start tomorrow given how he played um, on Saturday Mount's got to start Havertz got to start which I wouldn't be surprised if it's those three I just listed. Pulisic did a start against Southampton, so maybe he's fresh and fit to start. I'm a bit lost there. Um, Ziyech is another one who hasn't really featured as much recently. I'm yeah. not sure. In terms of results, actually, I'll, I'll get your thoughts on the lineup first, so then we can talk about maybe predictions and how we yeah. expect the game to plan out. I think I think more of the same of what you said. Mm. You know, I think maybe I can potentially see Trevor Chalobah coming in for for Aspie. I, I, big game, I big big game. I know, and I don't know why I think this. I don't know. I I don't know. I'm not sure. I prefer would prefer to see. Aspia Quetta at centre back, Reshames right wing back. But I just have a funny feeling Trevor Chalabu is going to be starting tomorrow. I don't know why. I just think I think Aspia Quetta's going for the reason that he can go. He's got a negative thing, but is he is he fully fit? Has he mm. been training over the last couple of days? We don't know. Um so I think maybe uh, Chalabar, I agree with you in midfield. So I think I think that's what killed us in the first leg. I think I would have had Kovacic and Kante as opposed to Kante and Jorginho, I think it was. Yeah. yeah, so I would have had maybe Kovacic, especially looking at what he did on Saturday. I mean, he's just, his energy just is totally different. And I think he gets forward a bit more. He drives the ball a bit more forward. Um, the front three, it's going to be hard to drop Timo mm. Werner. But I think he's got, I, I do. I, I, it's brilliant. He done what he did on Saturday. It's it's amazing. And he, he warrants a start on the back of his performance against Southampton. But... We're talking about Real Madrid. It's a massive game. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's harsh. I, I would have to go with maybe Pulisic, uh, Havertz and Mount as my front three. Uh, that's, quite, that's quite an ineffective front three last week. Has much changed since then? No, that's what I'm wondering. I know, I know but it's... Well, Lukaku isn't there. No. I, I don't think I could potentially put Hakim Ziyech instead of Mount. And I really don't know if I'd start Timo Werner in a big game at the Bernabeu mm. against Real Madrid. I just, I personally don't think I would do it. I think Southampton is a totally different game. Um, it's a shame for him because I think he'd be confident. I think he'd go into the game, you know, he must still be buzzing the fact that he mm-hmm. could have had four or five goals on Saturday. Um, but I just think, you know, if he misses one sitter, you know, 
or an open. It's it, sometimes I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't start him. He did miss a sitter against him last season, if I remember, in the first leg, didn't he? Just put yeah. it straight at Courtois. Um, yeah. And we have to remember that the previous game last season was was at the, I don't want to call it the training ground. I can't remember the, the correct term for what the, 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 the stadium's called. Um, but so I think Carlos, I'm not too yeah, sure now. I, I can't remember, but it, it wasn't at the Bernabeu. And this is a big, massive stadium. So um, the pressure's going to be on. And, you know, we, we were... If we were, if it was nil nil and it was always one nil to Real Madrid, then yes, maybe put Werner in. But the fact that we we need to hit the ground running, we have to take our chances. We have to be clinical in front of goal. Yes, he did that on Saturday against Southampton. But how many times have we sat on this podcast, or how many times have we messaged each other, or you've gone on Twitter and we've all said, "Oh, I can't believe Team Werner's missed," or you know he should score that. And we, we can't, we haven't got the the luxury to do that against Real Madrid because we noticed. We saw what Kev, um, Karim Benzema did to us, you know, uh, first leg. He, any opportunity he got with the ball, he, he was, you mm. thought he was going to score. So I would expect more of the same tomorrow with them. You know, I think they, they'll be hot off the mark and we have to be defensively a lot better. I think, you know, yeah. um, which worries me when I said about Chalabar, why I'd rather have Aspia Quetta in there for the experience. But then you you also have to think the legs of Aspia Quetta. And I always bring this up, you know, what about Christensen over Chalaba in that case? It's a shout. It's a good shout. In fact, it's a really good shout. It's mm. a good shout. But he was, he was yeah. dreadful in that first leg. But uh, he was good at St. Mary's. He's probably a player who's starting to hate Real Madrid, seeing the club he's about to sign for. But um, you just hope his head's still with Chelsea and he still performs in these big, big games. Yeah. But experience-wise, I know he's only 26, turned 26 yesterday. But he's played in the, some of the biggest games across Europe, Champions League finals, FA Cup finals, all of the lot in a way. Yeah, I mean, it's, a good, it's a good shout. He's played at the Euros as well. Euros semi-finals with Denmark. Yeah, yeah. big, big shout. Um, and he's, he's, I mean, he looks, he, he seems like a professional person, you know, whether he's signed for who and wherever he's mm. signed for. I think he'd be focused on Chelsea, he'd focus on trying to win as much as he can um for, for the club so I think it's a very good shout it's a good shout maybe I, I, maybe maybe ahead of Aspia Quetta as yeah, well possibly exactly but I, I I love Chaloba I do trust him if you were to play in these big games but he hasn't played a single minute since the international break has he I'm, I'm having flashbacks of <laughs> Liverpool Chelsea Chelsea Liverpool Look, yeah. early, early mistakes that he made and he does I mean he's 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 very good at the age that he is and I think he's got a lot of you know levels to go up but we just don't have the, the luxury of making any errors tomorrow. Mendy, another one, you know, he hasn't got the, he hasn't got the luxury to, to do what he did um, last week. He just hasn't got that luxury anymore. So whoever plays has to play almost again. I keep saying this like a cup final every game now for us feels like a cup final in the league, obviously champions league, FA cup on, on Saturday. It, it's all going to be like, it's all going to be um, finals for us now. They feel mm. like finals. So, um, what's, what's your prediction? What, what do you think in terms of scoreline? Um, it's going to be an uphill battle. But what's, what's your prediction? We're going to need a 2012 miracle if we were to progress. We're going to need one or two early goals early in that first half. Calm mm. the nerves for us. And I just can't see Real Madrid not scoring, especially with Benzema. No matter how switched on our defence is, Benzema will score, Real Madrid will get one. So I can see this game. I'm going to go with a 1-1. I just can't. I just feel like 
I can't see us going through. I can see us play, be, playing the better football, being the better team, but maybe only scoring one and Real Madrid scoring some kind of jammy goal, pinball in, in the penalty box, something like that. Yeah. If we allow them with any space like they had in that first leg, they will score more than one. But I think we will we would have learned from our mistakes. So I'm going to go with 1-1. One, one, and unfortunately for us, it's going to be curtains in the Champions League. And then we can focus on top four, which is the one kind of positive I'm trying to get out of this. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be very difficult. I'd, I'd probably even match your one-one. I think I'd, I would say the same. I think it's, I think it's difficult going into a, a, a game where you've come off the back of take away the Southampton result, but you're coming off the back of two back-to-back heavy defeats. Um, I do think, and I, like you said earlier, I think Lukaku maybe not starting, but just his presence up front in these kind of games is is, is vital, or you know could. could cause issues for Real Madrid so not having someone who you can bring on if it we, don't, we don't have that substitute number nine do we no no so you know if we have you know we scored two goals in the first half two early goals and or let's say you know, Kai Havertz gets injured it could change the whole dynamic of the game again or you know we just need someone a big lump to put up front like Lukaku we haven't got someone like that there's no one there that we can just say you know um go and get your head on that or, you know, just try and make something happen. Almost, almost very similar to um, the League Cup final. If you remember, he came on, he yeah. kind of changed the game slightly for us. He even went on to score the, the you know, the controversial goal. Um, something like that we might need and we haven't got, I don't think we've got that tomorrow. Maybe Timo Werner off the back of Saturday, but we need someone who can potentially do what Lukaku can. We know he can do we haven't got that person so I think he's going to be he'll be a big loss I think tomorrow I agree I agree on that with Lukaku yeah Um, but I think even the fact Thomas Tuchel's almost downplaying it he downplayed it in the press conference earlier today and said you know it's a it's an almost impossible task to to go through to the next round and if he's saying that publicly I would assume he's probably saying something very similar to the players as well and mm. that could work in one or two ways that could be that sort of you know reverse psychology thing where you're, you're almost telling your players downplaying the situation and just saying go out there just play the football you know how to play rather than putting the pressure on the players which is I think what he's trying to do or he really actually thinks we haven't got a, a mm. cat's hell chance of going through but I think it's the downplaying you know trying to take the pressure off the players and saying that the players you know, if we go through, we go through, it's brilliant. But if we don't go through, the, the, the task was too big in the first place. I think yeah. that's what I get from the press conference. I'm just remembering Tukor's pre-match interview before the Champions League final. Of course, it's a Champions League final. It's one game. There's no first leg, all of that. But I just remember him saying, of course, Chelsea are going to win and how confident he was to him now saying it's almost an impossible task. Yet he already thinks we're knocked out. You don't know if there's any mind games or what he's saying in, a, in, a, in the dressing room compared to the cameras, but um, I still think he's going to give it his all tactically. He's going to do everything yeah. he can, but you just know that it's going to be, it's an impossible task and it's going to be an even more impossible task for the line. Forget about it. Would even better penny on it should they get an early goal um, and we just don't have that reaction or fight back to look like we even want to score. Mm. It's going to be a very tricky one. Like I said, a 2012 miracle is needed, like against Napoli. It could happen. It could honestly it could no, happen. No away goals as well. No away goals. Yeah, yeah. It could happen. I mean, if we, if we, if we defend the way you know we can, and you know we can, 
again, I think this is where Kovacic comes into it for me. I think if we can get Kovacic on the ball, make something happen, um, that front three has to be is that you know best game ever performance again very much like the club world cup i remember saying that it's got to be the best game of of some of these players lives um this is one of those moments you know and i think this is where we we kind of see those standout players that can get us through to the you know the semi-final we talk about a mason mount or a kai havertz who we know love you know steps up at the, the biggest occasions and can score goals and score penalties um the experience of Aspiaqueta potentially. My my only worry, if I'm going to be honest, is is actually Mendy, <laughs> because he's he's one of these players who I feel is very overconfident at times. Mm. Um, whether it's overconfidence or lack of understanding how to play out from the back, or he just hasn't got the the feet to play out from the back. He's just very sort of. Um, it's quite complacent at times the yes, way he clears yeah, the yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah. Passes it to one of his defenders. Um, yeah, you, you yeah. don't know if all those trophies he won last year individually and as a team maybe got to his head too much. Yeah. But um, but no, it's just like I always say, he needs to work on his distribution and his footwork because yeah, you've said that f- f- from like the beginning. I said it yeah, yeah, from the yeah. beginning. I've spotted it. Um, he's still a fantastic keeper, and even against Southampton, he only had that yeah. one save to make, and he did it really, really well. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I do agree. Slightly nervy of Mendy now. Slightly nervy. Interesting to see Kepa. I mean, I don't I don't think he will. He won't be, start. Interesting, be interesting to see if he did. He won't start. And if he does start, I think it's <laughs> it shows that Tuchel doesn't trust Mendy in these big games, which I think Mendy would take that personally. He would take yeah. it personally. Yeah. No, um, and I've, I I mean I, I think he will. I think Mendy will. But if he did, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be I've said this before, I wouldn't be upset if Kepper's in goal. I think there's a new Kepper under Tuchel. If we want to try and keep Kepper as well, we need to potentially start thinking of how we're going to utilise him because he hasn't started um, probably one of the FA Cup games. He didn't start against Middlesbrough, did he? No, he no. Didn't, was, no. I think it might have been Luton, maybe. I think that was his last, the last time he started. Yeah. I think the only chance we see Kepa tomorrow or before the end of the season injury. is should there be injury or 118th minute extra time right before <laughs> a penalty shootout. And we need the penalty. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, um, well, not to take one. But, Not uh, yeah. you would have, maybe you would have learned from his mistakes, and he won't go for power and height, but maybe just placement this time. Yeah, but, but no, um, I think I think we've we've got to we've got to hit the ground running tomorrow. Yeah, I think if we 100%. if we don't if we don't, it could be a long night for us, and, yeah. and that is just if we're not defensively switched on, the the back line isn't all working together, which is what I think. If you look at the the Brentford game and the first leg. The defense just wasn't switched on together. It was almost, you know, sixes and sevens, and and just everyone was everywhere. So uh, hopefully the hair dry treatment has worked, and Thomas Tuchel has got through the rut of the two bad results, and we we can kick on from Southampton as well. But um, so you're going for one one, yeah. And if if we don't hit the ground running in that first half, forget me paying for Wi-Fi on the plane for the second half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good point actually. Yeah, I forgot you. Uh, yeah. I'd get it anyway, just in case. Yeah, maybe. You never just in know. case, you never know. But um, yeah, so I've got, I'm going to go for 1-1 as well. Um, big game at the weekend as well, which I'm sure um, we'll, we'll cover somehow um, with Crystal Palace. But I do, my final question is, and I think I've asked this before, but we need to ask it again. If we get kicked out of the Champions League and we don't get the FA Cup, or we don't even get to the final of the FA Cup, surely top four is the must. But also... Does that mean we've had a successful or unsuccessful season if we just get top four after the back of 
know, Club World Cup, Super Cup, Champions League, in contention for Premier League in December. But now here we are, almost clinging on to top four as the, the you know, the the best thing that we can hope for for this season. Mm, it's a tricky one. It is a tricky one. Like we said before the start of the season, we I expected us to win the league come maybe November, December. I was like, we're not going to win the league anymore, even though it was mathematically possible. I did say that the Super Cup and the Club World Cup were must trophies we had to win this season, given we had never won them before, but it also was an expectation to win it, win those trophies. So now that we've won them, we kind of realise, okay, but now we need one of those kind of usual big trophies, a Champions League, a Premier League, I want to say FA Cup. And it is looking unlikely now that we're going to win the Champions League or even the FA Cup. I feel in a, in a FA Cup final against City or Liverpool, even though I know we've got the quality to beat them with a couple of dodgy VAR decisions or that. Or Anthony, Anthony Taylor. Uh, Anthony yes. Taylor, exactly. Yeah. And um, we've got to get through got to get past Palace first and that's probably the biggest game of their season so I don't know I, I, I'd be happy with top four at this stage given how things are planned out throughout that kind of December period of injuries COVID mm. the the, um, the Lukaku interview mm. Abramovich selling the club so much has happened behind the scenes so we do have to take that into account hopefully get a new owner mid-May time and just start fresh in the summer get a couple of the lone players back the likes of Gallagher Broher sell some dead wood and just rebuild from there for a successful 2022-2023 season. Yep. That's my plan. I agree with yeah. you 100%. Um, I haven't really given yeah. you an answer there. <laughs> you did. No, you did. I think I think you're saying basically that, yeah, we, we just need to take top four if we, yeah. if we can't get the FA Cup. Yeah. And yeah, the, the ownership thing that we don't really speak about, which is good on here, um, hopefully that is all sorted, you know, before, if not the end of this season, very much in the early stages of the summer, um, allows Tuchel to go and get who he needs or who he wants to bring in and get rid of who he wants to get rid of as well. So, um, yeah, next couple of weeks and months are definitely crucial as a Chelsea fan. Um, but guys, of course, like I said at the start of this as well, you can follow our social accounts. So if you're watching on YouTube or you're watching on Spotify, you can see the social um, handles at the top of the page as well. But if you're listening on the audio version, it is from the shed end. So all one word from the shed end on Twitter and from the shed end underscores on Instagram. So underscores between each of the words. And of course, make sure you search for us on YouTube, subscribe, let us know your thoughts as well. What would your uh, starting 11 B for tomorrow? And also is it, is it a successful season if we only get top four? Uh, I think personally, I will take that. I would go top four. Um, more for the bragging rights because I know the, the teams that might miss out if we get it. So um, 100%, you know, Arsenal might miss out if we can get it. I'd rather see Tottenham in there. Um, I'm going to be honest. I think I'd rather too as well. Yeah. And obviously United. I, I really don't want United in there. So if they do make some sort of final surge for top four, then of course, you know, um, if they miss out, brilliant, especially after the Ronaldo thing, slapping the phone. I don't know if you got to see that, but... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> less said the better. But guys, this has been episode 59 from the Shed M podcast. For you, as always, thank you very much for joining me. Until next time, obviously, enjoy your holidays as well. Uh, make sure you get the Wi Fi. I'll pack this off my holiday <laughs> just in case. Oh, you're going to need it. You're going to need it. Definitely 100%. But thanks for joining me. Episode 59 of From the Shed M podcast. Until next time, thank you very much for watching. We'll be back next week.